I'm KS Garner, and you're listening to the Solo Nerdbird Podcast. Today, I'll be speaking with two members of the creative team behind The Way of a Hero, TTRPG, Terry Crew, and Alexandra Clinton, currently on Kickstarter. Welcome, Terry. Welcome, Alex. Hi there. Hi. Well, as two members of the Way of a Hero creative team, what is each of your roles on this project, and what are you two about as individuals? So uh, The Way of the Hero was kind of a project that I've always wanted to do for for years. Um, I was one of those strange kids that would go around parking lots and in the stores when my parents would take me, and I would pretend to have superpowers. And uh, I was always big on Saturday morning cartoons, and like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was kind of my thing. And uh, growing up, I became a LARPer, of course, as an adult, and play a lot of uh, role-playing games. Generally, I prefer like uh, powered by the apocalypse just because it's so freeform and allows for great storytelling and uh, I met Alex and we like to say that we're each other's enablers because whenever we have a creative project or something when you combine us both uh, we make things come and happen really but that's kind of kind of my into that so it was kind of my my child and then I said okay let's do this and Alex was like okay Yes, um, and um, um, I'm Alexandra Clinton, and uh, as Terry said, I am his enabler. Um, we uh, we both are very creative people on our own, and um, especially over COVID, doing everything online, uh, we just found that our interests really lined up, so we started pushing each other further and further with our endeavors. Um, I actually ran a Kickstarter last year that was um, pretty successful, fully funded, and everything hit all of our stretch goals for the Deepman Files, um, a tabletop RPG, and that is a ghost hunting RPG, actually. And uh, Terry helped me put that together last year. So um, I uh, I'm an author on the side as well. Um, I wrote a paranormal mystery called Echoes and Ashes. Then the Deepman Files was a spinoff of that, um, which we put up to Kickstarter. And um, we have some endeavors we're working on, working on getting um, a podcast up and everything for that. And in the meantime, I started playtesting um, The Way of the Hero or Woe. So if you start hearing us refer to Woe, that is what we're talking about. It's, it is this game. Um, we started playtesting that together and seeing how easy it was for me to get my game together. Um, we, we decided that it was time to go forward and bring Terry's vision to life. Um, I'm also a superhero buff. Um, I, growing up, I, I was more on the anime side of things, a big Sailor Moon fan, so those were my heroes of choice growing up, right? And um, I got into superheroes a little bit later with um, X-Men Evolution, I think was my first real uh, TV show that I got into. Um, and uh, my love of it just continued as, you know, it's become more popular and so much more accessible to get anything related to superheroes. Um, and as Terry mentioned, uh, this is powered by the Apocalypse system, um, which for those not familiar, this is a 2d6 system where you simply roll two six-sided die and add a modifier for your character. Very easy to learn for new players and a lot of fun for veteran RPGers as well. Um, but we actually have been playing this online. That, that's the thing that really made this great was we were able to play test all of this um, from our own homes across the country 
and bring in all of our friends to sort of test this out. And while we hope to be able to sit down and play it right in front of one of a, one another someday, um, this has been a great project um, with the world as it is uh, to still feel connected to one another. Um, and that's what games are really all about. But yeah, it's, it's been a great time. Yeah, I'm um, big into, um, not, I wouldn't say big into um, TTRPGs, but I just started playing Dungeons and Dragons maybe 2019, I want to say the spring of 2019. And it, the, 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 those people are probably my best friends. And I've never really had that before. Like, you know, I've always kind of lived in my own world in a way, you know, always a nose deep in a book or something like that, or it's kind of just to myself. And I just never knew something like that existed in a way. I didn't really have, it wasn't really accessible to me. You know, I didn't have the internet at the tip of my fingers during my childhood. So I kind of had to go looking for it in a way but then as a child you know what you don't know where to look so it, as an adult I intentionally went looking for it and I the group I'm playing with now is the first group I've ever played with and they're pretty much stuck with me now so with me and all my weirdness because before I was painfully shy but now it's just it's all the the what is it that, that can that can you, you can't put it back in, in the bag anymore you can't put those, those worms back in the can anymore so that yeah um hopefully we can all get back to playing on the table because it's so much better than playing online like you guys you said that you you know you play tested online but it's so much better when you play at the table it's true there's a human connection there that you just don't quite get yeah you can't get that online <laughs> but um what is the way of a hero or woe about uh so it's about becoming a superhero and ultimately empowering people to do things that they couldn't do in their normal lives. I, I like to think that there's some depth to it uh, beyond just being a superhero and smashing things. Uh, we'd like to do a lot of moral dilemmas and creative solutions to overcoming problems. And while we try to keep some elements, for example, COVID out of the, our games, because that's just too real for, for real life, I think that there's an element of empowering people to be superheroes and really make a difference in the world. And uh, so we have over 200 different superpowers that you can use in the game. And we actually uh, just reached a stretch goal for cosmic powers. So if you're a Sailor Moon fan, that's perfect for you. And uh, Woe is set in a modern day time with the Association of Heroic Affairs. We love to use uh, what's the, like an analogy, I guess, or no, there's a different word. Like pop culture references. Yeah. So, like, aha and whoa, you'll hear these different things uh, scattered throughout the game. So, the Association of Heroic Affairs governs heroes and creates a licensing process to make sure that heroes just don't go out into the world and, you know, like destroy public property or take out entire neighborhoods and collateral damage. And uh, other than that, it's really based off of the GM as to what types of missions they would like to run for their crew. Uh, so for example, Alex is really big and amazing at doing mysteries. And I could not put a mystery together if I wanted to. So I like to do the uh, hard choice type of modules. And uh, we get together and each person takes a turn kind of like running different missions. As part of our Kickstarter, we're actually running what we call a Woe Weekend, and it's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, where we have different GMs 
getting together in a Discord channel, and we're all running different missions for heroes. So you can opt into different rooms, and then uh, the missions tell a collaborative story. Our last one, we had around like 25, 30 people, and I'm sure we're going to even have more than that in this upcoming one in April. But that's one of the rewards that you can find in our, our present Kickstarter. So is the reward, I guess, to be part of that weekend, or can anyone join in the Discord? So you can join in the Discord at any time you want, and you can go and there's a channel that says uh, looking for a group or I'm looking to run a group. But because the rules aren't officially published, it makes it a little bit challenging. Uh, we are doing some play tests there. So if that's something you're interested in, you, you're more than welcome to pop in and say, I'd love to be a play tester. Uh, once the game goes live and the rules are published, I imagine groups will get together all the time. Uh, the weekend itself is something that we're bringing in GMs for. And so it's a, an event that we're actually selling tickets to. Oh, okay, okay. Um, well, speaking of the uh, of the game and the characters, you two are dressed up in cosplay as <laughs> some of the characters, right? So who, who are you all uh, dressed as? Go for it, Alex. Go okay, for it. okay. Um, so um, on on the Kickstarter itself, my my image is um, another character of mine called uh, Desdemona. And she's my playtest character. She's the character that I have been using um, through all my playtesting. It's got an extensive backstory. I'm working on a little side novel with her and some other characters. Um, I'm dressed up um, as a character called Sapphire Seer. Um, she's um, the head psychologist for AHA and uh, one of the team leads. So um, I have I have a couple of different wigs and costumes I switch between when we run these weekend events to switch out as different team leads um, based on whatever mission I'm running. Um, so uh, that is, she's a, she's a psychic hero. So her powers are very much based around mind reading and um, psychic blasts and things like that. Um, and uh, she is known as kind of a no nonsense, um, uh, unemotional uh, character, which is the exact opposite of me in real life. So <laughs> it is really taking on another character, um, but it's a very it's a very comfortable costume to wear. So threw this one on so that I could join Terry, who is dressed up. And why don't you go ahead and tell them yours? Yeah. So my character is Glades, and he runs the Association of Heroic Affairs. So you'll see um, he appears in a lot of the art and um, a, a lot of our characters will make appearances. In fact, uh, as the book is released, there are 20 different power types and each of those are represented by a different hero that actually took part in the playtesting. So we've run one of these weekends and we run uh, playtest every now and then. And so we've taken these heroes and they're actually the inspiration art for the characters that are in the game. But uh, both Alex and I are big LARPers. Uh, LARPing is live action role-playing. So it's where you assume the identity of not a established superhero, for example, like Superman, but you create your own character and give them a life of their own. And uh, that's actually how Alex and I met. And so with tabletop RPG, it just it's incredibly easy to create your own character and then garbing and creating the background for them. And the personality is it's just fun. Uh, kind of like you alluded to earlier, Kayla, about how tabletops and role playing takes you out of that normal sphere. Before I, I really got into this, I was 
really quiet, timid person. And it's like, now I just role play different things in my life. And you'll find uh, a Terry who's really quiet when I'm out of my elements. And then talking about things that I'm passionate about, like LARPing and tabletops and heroes, for example, you just can't get me to shut up. Well, Terry, could you uh, talk more or elaborate more on your creative process on Way of a Hero from just a thought in your head to creating the actual mechanics of the game to now promoting it? Yeah, so it was a lot of fun in the beginning because it was a lot of brainstorming. And for me, that's uh, one of my passions is writing down a whole bunch of things, but then actually seeing it come to life even further. So what we kind of did in the beginning was there were three main creators, uh, myself, Alex, and then also Julie. Uh, she wasn't able to be here today, but uh, we all have different passions and interests. So for me, uh, one of the classes that's really close to my heart is like uh, the ritual users. So people who put together these rituals and that's where their source of power comes from. Uh, we also have like prophecy and uh, your basic like superpowers because you've trained so much in life that you have become amazing and so like those were the three that I would go and create and then we would draft them we would throw the ideas off of each other say no you know that's a little overpowered or we need to pull that back a little bit and uh, I would say that's really how we got our original start um, but Alex do you have anything you want to add to that? Um, sure. Uh, the class for me, um, the darkness class was the one that I worked on the most because that was my playtest character. Um, it, it was a, it was a character that had been in my mind for the past, oh, I don't know, 16 years. And this finally gave me the chance to bring her out and play her. Um, so they were, they were abilities that had already been in my mind for a very long time. And I knew exactly what I wanted. And Terry was nice enough to let me make some changes to put that onto paper into the class. Um, for me, um, I'm, a, I, I love pop culture references. Like I am, I am a big fan of like throwing in like a little quote or reference and just seeing who catches it. Um, so, uh, Terry, let me go through and rename, um, and add some fluff text to some of the abilities that he already had so that we could change some stuff up and make it kind of, um, like some fun references and Easter eggs for people going through. Um, but overall, I think uh, we just tried to take a look at the genre overall and not just like one aspect of it, like not just the comics, but the comics and say the new cinematic universes and, you know, the animated universes. Let's pull some from anime and then pull some from Western cartoons. We sort of looked at all of these different things that we had a love of as far as the superhero genre went. And we said, what do these things have in common? What are these sort of power classes that you kind of see as tropes over and over again? Uh, and what are we missing? Because surely someone out there is going to find something that's not in the book, but we hope that we included abilities that can be modified to fit whatever people want. You know, whatever character you might have seen that you say, you know what, I want to put together a Power Rangers um, I want to put together a Power Rangers game. What abilities can I pull from and sort of reskin to make that, you know? Or if you want to, if you want to go and pull, just put together like a Marvel game and just take some of these and build your characters or recreate existing characters. We really tried to take a solid look at what is out there and what do people love, and then make those 
easily accessible as far as character creation went. Um, and I think we really covered it, you know, it, we can't make everybody happy, but we hope that it's enough at least. Um, but it's, it's been a lot of fun. Um, and especially with the play testing and bouncing things off of other people, seeing what exactly other people thought and what they wanted out of the game. So it's been very much a collaborative effort with many, many, many different people. You know, we, we might be sort of the head of, behind the development, um, but this has definitely been a, a community development as well. And uh, we couldn't, couldn't thank our friends and family more um, for all of the work they've done to help make this happen. Yeah, I, I think it's great that people, I guess, even like be, beginners playing uh, TTRPGs, that you all have made it um, accessible and I guess, um, you know, easier for them to understand how to play these types of games when they can bring in something that they're familiar with, right? So say someone wants to be like, they want to play something similar to Indiana Jones, you know, or they wanted to be uh, Sailor Moon or one of the uh, scouts. They wanted to be, um, a Power Ranger, like you mentioned, or with their favorite anime character, something like that, it's easier for them to grasp it in a way. And then only with two-sided, two sided uh, two D6s and then the modifier, which helps as well. I'm like, thank goodness. I, I, when I read it and it was only the two, I was like, thank God, if I get any more dice. <laughs> I, I know and I have I've actually been playing um I've been playing Dungeons and Dragons for about uh, about 14 years now um I actually met my husband playing Dungeons and Dragons so let me just say the people you play with uh, at the beginning like they they can be some of your lifelong friends truly so um but I, I have 14 years experience playing Dungeons and Dragons and I the idea of learning another really crunchy system like that was just like no like I'm not doing this I cannot do this I, I cannot take all of this in and start from scratch with another heavy game but that is exactly why Powered by the Apocalypse is so nice is it is so easy and it's so narrative it might not please everybody especially people who enjoy combat like really crunchy combat but if you are someone who wants to tell a story this is great to sit down and in one night you can do a one shot or you know have an ongoing you know story arc or something you can do that and this is what it's great for it's it's you know having a drink with your friends sitting around and you know telling funny stories uh you know as the avengers or you know if you want to sit down and play uh, from the computer states apart from one another and have an ongoing mystery it's really great for that um so really i truly have to say if you are a new player and you're looking for something to get into these games are great um very easy to learn and pick up no matter where you are what stage of tabletop rpg you're at yeah i'm i'm definitely interested because i'm actually practicing my dm skills so and mine is a mystery and um, it's, I guess you can say narrative heavy. Um, I kind of want them to interact with as many NPCs as possible, kind of just get them off the trail. But it sounds like something that I could definitely use as a new uh, novice DM. But um, Alex, you mentioned that this was a heavily collaborative effort. So Terry, how has your experience been searching for collaborators for this project, like playtesters or um, other authors or maybe illustrators? And like, how did you know that they were right for this project? That's a, a great question. Um, 
you know, like I said, the, the way that I met Alex was by uh, becoming a LARPer. And Alex is actually a game runner. She runs murder mysteries and different things like that in person. So I had been to a number of those. Um, I tend to attract people in life around me that are good at things that I'm not. And, uh, and when people are looking to have a good time, I'm like, hey, why don't we do the crazy? Let's build a game. And, uh, you know, the people around me are very supportive of that. I have friends from all walks of life, friends who have recently retired, friends who are in their early 20s, um, attorneys, doctors, all, all these different people, and they all bring different things to the table. They're all passionate about one thing. And so with like tabletop RPGs and the way of a hero, I, I feel like everybody has a hero in their mind's eye that maybe you've designed as a child or it's a secret persona of yourself that nobody knows, like Dr. Chaos or, or something crazy like that, you know? And uh, when you are able to tap into people's passions, that is what brings forth a level of just contribution that you can't quantify. You know, it's, it's not like working at a job where, okay, I've got to put my 40 hours in to get a paycheck. It's like, I want this project to succeed because five years down the road, I want to pull this book off of my shelf and play a game with my friends when we design this. That's a great answer. <laughs> like, uh, um, let's see, what else I have here? Pretty much answered everything else. Um, okay, uh, what advice would you offer to other creators you wish someone would have told you when you first started. This is for both of you, Alex and uh, Terry. Um, you want me to take this? Yeah, you can start with it. <laughs> okay, I'll start. Um, mostly because, I, you know, as I said, I did this all last year with a Kickstarter, and now we're doing it again with Terry. Um, just go for it. I know that that's like really lame, like, oh, just do it. But I just, I can't tell you how many things have just been projects that have been on my shelf and I just didn't think I could do it. You know, I just thought, oh, you know, I started this, but it was really just for me and nobody else cares. Nobody else wants to see it, but it's just having someone to say, just do it. Just go, go get it done, finish it, put that final touch on it and put it out there. You know, it's, I, we can't say that you'll be successful. You can't, we can't say that you'll become a bestseller or top creator or get invites to conventions all over the country. We can't say that. But we can say that if you put it out there, there's probably someone else who's going to be interested. Someone who's just like you, who has a desire for something that you also wanted. And they're just waiting for someone else to get something out there. And for all you know, that's going to be the kick in the butt they need. Um, I, a couple of years ago, I started writing my first novel and I had almost finished it. And then I just sort of like put it on the back burner. And I just thought, well, no one's, no one's going to want to read it. I just, it's for me anyhow. So like, whatever. And it took two years. And then at some point, my husband said, so like, are you ever going to finish that or what? And I said, oh, I guess I should probably just do that, you know? And so I sat down and within a month, I had finished it. And within a couple months, um, I had it um, amateurly edited and self-published it so that it was out by my 30th birthday. So um, I condensed it and did that all in about two months. Uh, but I put it out there and people have bought it and people have liked it. And that is what 
caused me to make this game, which I sort of sat down and said, oh, you know, I wonder if people would like this because at that time we were locked down. We, we couldn't really go ghost hunting. And Terry and I actually, we actually go ghost hunting, by the way. We, that's something else we do together. Um, and I couldn't do that. And my husband said, well, like, what if we just write this game? So we sat down and we wrote the game and we put it out there. And we had something like over 200 people, at least, who supported us and backed it. And people liked it. And I just had someone not been encouraging me to just finish it just put it out there um all of that stuff would just be sitting you know in a computer folder and never to be seen again and at the end of the day even if it fades into obscurity I know that it's something that I get to leave behind at the end and I'm happy with that so Mm -hmm. my advice is you know the resources are out there if you ever get stuck or if you ever think like I can't do this just to start looking for communities out there because, you know, everything is so accessible now. You will find people who can help you and will help you and want to help you. Um, so just just suck it up and do it. <laughs> kind of building off what Alex said, um, I would say the most important thing that I've really learned from this is surrounding yourself with good people, you know, and your friends are there to help and support you. Um, over from the process of building the game and writing everything like the incredible amount of work that people contributed to this project to make it a practical thing today that we could even looking at saying like hey let's turn this into a book but like physically can be on people's shelves to even running these weekend events uh it's really phenomenal to me to see the cooperation and like the willingness of people to do that and uh, you, I, I would throw it out there that if this is something you're passionate about, producing a game, talk to people, you know, uh, make relationships, participate in other people's games, learn what they're about. Um, one of the things that I, I actually picked up from ghost hunting actually was during a tour and they were talking about this Native American burial site. And uh, they were talking about how the most important thing to this society was the gift of their time and I was like you know that's an incredible thing to think about because the people that I have in my life support me with their time all the time like uh, from me saying hey Alex I need you to dress up and be on this interview tonight like she was like okay I'm down for it Terry let's do it even though it's Valentine's Day let me just put that out there for anybody listening it is Valentine's Day and Terry asked me to do this and I am still here yeah I was really surprised I was like Valentine's Day okay but oh yeah but surround yourself with good people and you will go far yeah yeah good people but also people who will push back sometimes you need someone to not just be a yes man but to tell you what you need to hear yeah yeah I I definitely I definitely agree um the same people that I play with I kind of go to them first for advice on things like particularly gaming or just life in general because they all have work a variety of different jobs. They, they're not uh, a creative like me. So they get a different perspective from someone else outside of, I guess, the industry that I work in really helps me as well. Um, and they're like, they're like my enablers too, as she say, she put that out there. Um, but my last question for the both of you is, what is your idea of success? So I ask that because as creators, if we're not getting regular paychecks from a full-time job or making consistent revenue from our art, we're considered failures. We'll consider ourselves failures. 
Many of us will put our dreams and projects on the back burner or give them up altogether because this career path can be highly intimidating and competitive. So what is your idea of quote unquote success? I, I would just say, if you do what you're passionate about, you'll never work a day in your life. And uh, with this type of project, it's not, I, I can say like, I'm not in it to make money and become rich. I don't think any of us are. For me, the memories of the games that we've had and the fun times and the endless laughter, that for me is what I thrive off of. That's that's the same. I um I have a regular old day job that that helps support my uh my hobbies and my passions, um and uh and I have I have I'm lucky to say that I have a support network that you know if I have ever failed in something like this I I would have people to help me bounce back, um, but uh you yeah I would say anybody who gets into this job thinking I'm going to do this for the money or I'm going to do this become to become famous you're not getting into it for the right, right reasons because a lot of the times it's a very thankless job um, and you're putting it out there because not only will you feel satisfied once it's out there for you and your accomplishments but hopefully you're doing it because you want to put something good out into the world and you know hopefully you can just say that you know karma will come back and if you're putting out art and passion into the world in some way, it's going to come back to you. It might not be in a paycheck, uh, but it might be seeing people smile and enjoy the product you put out there to help them, you know, live out some of their dreams and fantasies and, you know, help them through tough times in their lives because of the things that they can do together with their friends. Um, that's, that's really, I think, as a creator, why you should be doing this. And if you're not, it's just, I don't think you're in the right field. <laughs> Yeah. yeah what you what you uh what you just said Alex Alex just reminded me of um you know the height of the pandemic when we were all stuck inside everyone kind of um went to art Absolutely. as a way of dealing of coping with everything everyone went to TikTok everyone went to music everyone went to movies on Netflix a bunch of you know that what was that the Tiger King kind of just blew up and then um video games with Animal Crossing that was like the biggest game of the year and yeah that's why I try to tell people you know you want to put us down because um we don't make a lot of money as artists or whatever it may be but we're the people that you come to when you're trying to cope with your life again it may be you know your favorite movie it can be your favorite music artist it can be your favorite ttrpg that you have at this point you still have to play on online you can't meet up with your friends unless you're comfortable with that um listening to podcasts or reading your a book you know or comfort fanfic or something like that you know you always come back to to art when you're coping with whatever it is in your life. So yeah, it just your definition of success, your both of your definitions of success definitely makes sense. Um, that's not that's not to knock the non-creatives out there. Listen, I, also, that's not it's not for everyone. And if you're not interested in putting stuff out there, that's okay too. Yeah. And I think that being in this position has really given, I, I know for me personally. Uh, a better understanding of other creatives that are out there. For example, I can't draw at all. And like the art that our illustrator has done has just been incredible. Um, well, that was my last question. But is there anything else that you, that I love you wanted to touch on about Way of a Hero that I may have missed or maybe discuss rewards for potential backers? 
Well, I'd, I'd love to learn more about you, Kayla, and like, what is your superhero of choice? Um, right now would probably be either Sailor Moon or one of the uh, Sailor Guardians. Um, Heck yeah. Um, right now, I'm, I kind of want to try out a um, Barbarian, and I, I wanted to play it, but the game is it's too many people in the game, so I may have to play it in another game. Um, but I wanted to explore the effects that rage does to the body. So say when my character rages, and I told, yeah, I told my DM I wanted to do like maybe roll a D8 and say I get a mic after I come down from it, I get a migraine or I get, um, you know, uh, intestinal issues or something like that, or I lash out at somebody else in the party or something like that. And I have to like talk it through or work it out or do something that maybe, um, maybe like, I think it's called lesser restoration, maybe something like that to try to get rid of it. But no one else knows that this, this stuff is having an effect on me. They would have to pay attention in order to know. So yeah, that's what I wanted to do in one of the games. But like I said, I think it's too many people. I may have to wait until another game opens up to try to do that. That's the kind um, of thing that's that's actually like perfect in the Powered by Apocalypse system. Like that sort of thing works great. You know, things that are very character driven, mm -hmm. um, very easy to work in. Um, so I think it's that's definitely the kind of that's the nice little character detail that you can give and play in something that is less mechanics heavy and more you know character and story driven. Yeah, yeah. in fact, uh, in the strength class and the way of a hero, uh, if you think about it, these people are super strong, right? So, like for example, if the Hulk tries to open a car door, he just pulls the car door off. So there's actually an ability built in there to tell this story over time about how you learn how the physical characteristics of things function mm -hmm. so you pick up this ability down the road like you're this hero that can't control their strength for six months and then you pick up this ability as you get the points in the game and the system to be able to say like okay now i know how gently i need to open this door and it's really funny because we actually have a a, a character in the game her name's basquan and her big thing is Bass Wand Smash. Uh, she came up with this wonderful story about how she was trapped in the ice for a long period of time. As the ice withdrew because of global warming, uh, she came out. And so she's got this giant club that she carries around. But when you think about like sensitivity of handling phones and smartwatches and things, she has no idea what that is. So it's been a wonderful story to tell about how she's partnered with people over time to be able to push buttons on a phone without breaking it and how to use a computer and peck at the the keys so much like alex said i think that that's why powered by the apocalypse was so perfect for the system because you can tell this amazing story and it's not built off of heavy mechanics mm -hmm. uh let's see yeah i think that i think yeah when I'm, I'm sitting here and listening to you, I'm thinking maybe I can combine Sailor Mars and my Barbarian, maybe. I mean, yes, probably. Yeah, yeah I think that's the one. I may do that. Yeah, I'm, I might actually just do that. I just thought of that, talking about Sailor Moon. 
now I want to rewatch it. Um, but yeah, um, you Tara, you have a thing back there that uh, Way of the Hero has been fully funded. So for as far as stretch goals, what are the stretch goals that are available? So we have multiple classes. Uh, so far, we've unlocked two stretch goals. One of them was to have an additional module written for GMs to be able to open up a book and play. Uh, it's about a fortune teller. So basically, uh, all heroes, once they become licensed, uh, a licensing module will come with the book. It uh, puts players through the predicament of how to become a hero and like what are the tenets and responsibilities that heroes have to do as far as protecting the innocent. Um, the fortune teller module goes into a personal experience about your character. So you go and meet this person and they tell you something about your future as a hero. And so it really sets up a unique opportunity for a GM or a, a DM to be able to say like, oh, you've got this thing that's pending out there and you're never gonna know when it's gonna hit or to provide obstacles and things that a character can work through over time. Uh, the second stretch goal that we've already unlocked is actually written by Alex and it's about the cosmic class. So it provides 10 new superpowers that you can choose to build your character with. And that um, we're, uh, my, my inspiration behind it is taking sort of um, Lovecraftian horrors and merging them with Sailor Moon. Um, so it's, uh, it'll, it should be, it should be a riot, I think. Um, and uh, it's, it's very inspired by, um, you know, the stars and the divine and what lies beyond and um, ways to use that as a, as a superhero. And we have other, other power types that are going to be unlocked, other modules that are going to be written, and uh, actually some background music, which I think is personally exciting. But having some music that you can turn on in the background that kind of captures the mood Maybe it's uh, something exciting for when you're in the midst of battle, or maybe it's a little contemplative because something tragic has just happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. I'm thinking about doing some background music too, but you got to look for it and see how it fits the mood. So having it already available, that one last thing I have to do, that'd be great. Yeah, and it can really set the difference for the ambiance of a, uh, a module or a mission or a session, however you want to look at it. But those are some of the things. Uh, as far as the Kickstarter goes, we have a couple different rewards. Uh, if, if you're a, a big person who's in di into digital type things, you can get everything digital. It's $20. If you're interested in physically owning the book, I enjoy that, that action of like opening up a book and looking at the pictures. Mm -hmm. um, and then there are options of having like your character drawn or having a background song made for your character like a theme song. Um, additionally, we have that weekend that's coming up at the end of April. Uh, you can buy a ticket to it. And then if you're interested, even Alex, myself, or someone from our team will run a mission for you and your friends. Oh yeah, that'd be pretty cool to have. Um, what, uh, is there anything else uh, either of you wanted to discuss before I let you go? Um, let's see. So today is uh, February 14th. And uh, Terry, what is the date that the Kickstarter is ending? Uh, March 7th. And that is a, what day of the week? Friday? Uh, Saturday? Tuesday. Monday? Tuesday? 
Tuesday. If I just name seven days, eventually we'll get to the right one. <laughs> so it's ending uh, on, uh, sorry, say that again, March what? March 7th. March 7th. You'd think I would know this. Um, but that uh, that is just giving us about, what, three-ish weeks now? Um, 21 days. 21 days, yes. So uh, we, we have that long to hit some of these stretch goals. Really hope we reach them. Um, you know, it is uh, the way of the hero on Kickstarter. Um, the Discord, uh, you can find the link to the Discord. Um, is that listed anywhere on the Kickstarter? Uh, we actually have a website too, wayofahero.com. Yeah, so you yeah. can go there and, and click to join in the Discord. And um, as you said, the Discord, we do try to post information, uh, little, sometimes little sneak peeks. You look for people to play test. Um, if you are someone looking for a gaming community, uh, we hope that, that could be one that you would consider. Uh, we are constantly growing um, and we'll just hopefully have more and more to release then that'll bring in, you know, even more community members. Um, but yes, uh, by the way, one thing that Terry has not mentioned is that, uh, as he said, we, we are LARPers. And one of our dreams, it's not planned yet. We're not far enough out. We have to have this succeed and, you know, the, the world to be more manageable. But at some point, we have ideas that we would like to run um, a Way of the Hero LARP, um, where we could actually have people come meet in person um, at a venue where we would run this, this superhero LARP with everybody in costume as their characters for a weekend. Um, it's down the road. It's, it's not part of the Kickstarter, but someday, someday. That'd be really cool. Yeah. Imagine playing a character for several years in a tabletop and then all of a sudden they're live for a weekend. That would be amazing. Yeah, I, I definitely got to get on this, this Discord and find out more information to see if that'll ever happen. That'd be really cool. The, the scary thing is, is that when Terry and I start, you know, coming up with ideas, they don't just stay in the idea realm for very long. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting, the, I'm getting the feel for that right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, again, I want to thank uh, two members of the creative team behind Way of a Hero TTRPG, Terry Crew and Alexandra Clinton, currently on Kickstarter. I highly recommend our listeners to give the Kickstarter a look, share, and back if they can. The website and socials for Way of a Hero TTRPG will be listed in this episode's details alongside the Kickstarter link. Again, I am KS Garner, and you have been listening to the Solo Nerdbird Podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks.